My name is Phil Lightstone. I'm a general aviation pilot with over 2,100 hours in my logbook, flying almost every week with over 30 years experience in the technology and aviation industries. So we're here at AirVenture 2023 so with some really cool cats into the plane tuck cockpit from Elixir Aircraft with a very interesting brand new uh, fourth gen aircraft. And I'd like to welcome Cyril Champenois, co-founder of Elixir, all the way from France. May Hello. we? Yeah, exactly. And uh, Mike Tompkin, an old friend, head of worldwide sales. Bonjour, Monsieur Mike. Bonjour. Ça va bien, non? Très bien. Merci très beaucoup. Ah, très bien. Thank you, Phil. My pleasure. Talking French with the British. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> we always have, we always have a few words in, in, in English. We are French, sorry, with uh, with Phil. So. <laughs> and Elixir makes this really beautiful, very sleek um, uh, uh, aircraft powered by uh, a Rotax. That's Why right. Why don't we just talk about the the airplane? The adventure started uh, a few years ago, eight years ago actually, and uh, we were with uh, my two friends, Nicolas and Arthur, looking at the market and uh, realizing that the fleet that was flying today uh, was getting really old, like almost 50 years old, and uh, it comes with all the default uh, it has, a high, very, very high fuel consumption, high cost uh, of operation, uh, sometimes some safety issues and uh, looking at the technology available in uh, uh, 2015 at that time we said okay we, we can make really something good uh, especially when you look at the competitors there were only six or seven of them at least 20 years old for uh, the, the newest aircraft and we said okay let's do something and uh, the idea was to take some technology from the racing sailboats uh, you have maybe seen those uh, boats flying uh, in, during the America's Cup. And those guys have been able to design parts made of carbon in one shot, meaning uh, they removed uh, as many parts as they could so that they can simplify the, uh, the frame and so that they can remove the potential failures in the frame. And uh, thinking about that, all the challenges they were facing are quasi similar to ones they have, we have in aviation. So we said, okay, we are going to make an airframe out of uh, carbon one shot with an aircraft so simple that uh, uh, it will uh, burn nothing on fuel. It will be so easy to maintain that it will cost around $50 an hour to operate. And that's how the idea, the idea started. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Why don't we just talk about some of the cool safety features? Sure. So as Cyril was saying, uh, in the design of the aircraft, what was taken on board was... Uh, it, what is available today technology-wise to be able to have a more secure and safer aircraft. So as standard on an Elixir, uh, first of all, uh, in each of the cockpits there's an angle of attack indicator. Um, any military pilot we speak to, they consider this is the only element you need to learn how to fly, basically. So it's not about speed, it's about uh, your angle of attack. Uh, also, we have a Kavala anti-explosion, anti-blast fuel tank as standard, something that's been used in Formula One racing for many years now. The, uh, the, the effect is, uh, unfortunately, a, a lot of uh, accidents occur and then death is uh, fire after impact. So this helps avoid this situation. We have um, double-slotted flaps to reduce the ground effects, very similar to what you find on an airliner, so a 320, 737. 
we are certified spin resistant, the only aircraft uh, in the world to be fully certified spin resistant. That means that we have a, a fence on the wing, a certain area, which keeps clean air over the uh, aileron, so you maintain control at low speed, low altitude. We have Oleo strut pneumatic landing gear, so for those hard landings that obviously we're targeting the flight schools globally, uh, there will be the hard landings, uh, the actual uh, force of the hard landing is maintained within the landing gear and the, the force is not thrown back into the aircraft, so a lot less uh, bouncing and a runway excursion. Also we have a parachute, a BRS parachute, so just in case it's always best to have that second chance and walk away and fly again. So. You have a uh, ballistic parachute in the event that the pilot in command becomes incapacitated, the uh, passenger can pull the handle and save everyone. Yeah, that's right. Actually, when you look at the, the stats from uh, um, NTSB or in France, uh, the BEA, you realize that 25% of the accidents that occur could be solved with a parachute. Thinking about uh, engine or system failure above, above ocean, forest, mountains, you fly by night, mid-air collision, uh, stroke, parachute is a solution. So uh, there is no point of uh, negotiating on that. That's not an option. It's a standard. You, have, you must have it. And that's it. Very cool. Is, is there a um, requirement to repack the chute at some point? Yes, that's right. Um, actually, we have uh, made a calculation of the operating cost. If you are flying, let's say not so much uh, as a flight school, like 400, 500 hours a year, your parachute is going to cost you maybe $2 an hour, uh, which is nothing. Uh, you need to repack it every six years, and you need to replace the rocket every 12 years. So uh, it makes the, uh, the calculation, it's, it's, it's nothing. And, and the parachute is situated to the front of the uh, aircraft uh, just after the cockpit, so uh, very easily to access uh, for maintenance purposes. So it's quite simply eight screws to remove, and you have access directly to the uh, parachute for maintenance. Absolutely very cool. And it's a fast airplane with um, a Rotax 912 IS, 158 knots true on nine and a half gallons per hour and at four, uh, giving 473 nautical uh, miles. And you can take that all the way down 50% to 130 knots, 4.7 gallons an hour and 711 nautical miles of, uh, of range. It's absolutely yeah, the, incredible. The 160 knots is actually the 915 IS engine, uh, which is the 140 horsepower. Um, the aircraft as well we're selling uh, predominantly at the moment to the flight training organizations is the 9112, you're correct. Uh, that's got a cruise speed of around 125, burning around four and a half gallons. And in the actual training circuits, we have proven from uh, training organizations in Europe that it's more around 3.8, 3.9 gallons an hour uh, wow. with seven hours autonomy. So, yeah, it's really a great, uh, great training product. So how many airplanes are you building a year? So right now we have delivered uh, six aircraft, ten uh, are flying, and we are, now we are ramping up as a production. So um, it's a small production at the moment. We are delivering between one and two aircraft a month. And uh, we have announced last month at the Paris Air Show um, the building of a facility of uh, 100,000 meter uh, feet square so that we will be able to produce up to 30 to uh, 40 aircraft a month. Yeah, we have uh, we've received recently a, a large pre-order from uh, American Flight School uh, Sierra Charlie Aviation based in Phoenix, Arizona for 100 aircraft. 
Um, with the funds we receive from the French government and the new uh, production facility we will have in La Rochelle, uh, as Seville said, we'll be able to produce 300 a year from uh, around 20, 2025. So. And I see the aircraft is equipped with glass. I mean, it's a gorgeous interior, leather. I mean, it just looks so... It looks fast just sitting in the booth. <laughs> Thank you. We get a lot of compliments. Honestly, there's a lot of people coming over saying the design is uh, very sexy, uh, very nice looking aircraft, and it flies very well. It's very safe because of the wingspan, the wing length. It's very stable, uh, even in turbulent conditions. The canopy, the design of the canopy and the entrance in and out of the aircraft, the view uh, from a pilot's point of view is really fantastic. It's, it's such a beautiful airplane. I love the gold uh, with silver black and red accents. It's a very well thought out airplane. There is a lot of thought going into it. This is thanks to uh, Cyril and his uh, team, Arthur and Nicola, the three co-founders. Uh, they really went from ground up, basically. They didn't try to edit something that exists. Uh, I mean, figures, uh, we can talk about the airframe, it consists of 10 parts for the whole airframe due to the one-shot technology. The whole aircraft is 900 references. Uh, when wow. you compare to a Cessna or a Piper that are 17 to 20,000 references, uh, as we were saying before, maintenance by design. So access to everything is very simple traps underneath the aircraft. Uh, again, eight to 10 screws to remove. You have access to all the engine filters. Uh, afterwards, you have another trap which will give you access to all the avionics, uh, to all the uh, cables for the aileron, for the uh, tail. So. so really helping to reduce total cost of ownership, Absolutely. whether you're a sole owner or a large flight school. Absolutely, this is the whole thing. It's a, like we said, we know from dealing with the flight schools for many years now, uh, myself personally, uh, through a previous life, they have a, a Average operating cost in reality, if they include all their uh, costs, around $175 to $200 an hour to operate, for example, a 172. This incurs the, the, the takeoff and landing fees, the insurance, the fuel, the maintenance. The same calculation, which we can apply with our aircraft, they're coming back at $50 an hour. Um, so it's, it's a very economic uh, aircraft and a very safe aircraft. So your biggest challenge, I suppose, is how do you build a thousand a year? You're, you're absolutely right. Three, 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 we'll say three hundred a year would be uh, a first challenge. But um, thinking about the market, you have one hundred and sixty thousand aircraft that have been produced in the sixties that need to be replaced in the let's say twenty thirty years. So um, the market is there, and as as long as we know that, for example, Cirrus aircraft is making a, a very uh, good and great composite aircraft and are, are delivering almost uh, 600 a year now, we can make it, there is no problem. So uh, it's a matter of investment and uh, with that new facility, we're gonna make it, no doubt, and uh, the market is so in need of new aircraft that, uh, well, it's gonna be easier for us to, uh, to find uh, the investors that can put the money on the table so that we can ramp up the production. You know, I think that the uh, uh, Downsview Airport in Midtown Toronto would be a great manufacturing facility, 10,000 foot runway, all set to go. And you wouldn't have to ship them across the pond to fulfill the North American marketplace. This is our future objective. Honestly, as Cyril was saying, with the current average age of the single engine piston fleet globally, and the current annual shipments based on gamma statistics, we really f see that the, there's going to be growth here. Um, so I believe personally, and we believe that we'll be between 350 and maybe 500 aircraft per year, perhaps within the next five years. We will need production facilities uh, in North America, without a shadow of a doubt. 
Um, we will have uh, in the near future next year an assembly facility based out of uh, Sarasota. So you rightly say, Phil, we will produce in France and ship in containers uh, and reassemble and deliver out of Sarasota. But within the next few years, we're definitely going to need to look for a production facility to, to accommodate the North American market. Oh, you have to come to Toronto. We have a huge labor force, aerospace, rich. Uh, you might remember de Havilland operating, building not only sure. beavers, mosquitoes, World War II aircraft. I mean, just absolutely a rich history. Uh, and with that said, this is the fourth gen, and I promise I won't tell a saw. What's, uh, what are the new features of the fifth gen going to be? Oh, actually we have been working on it already. Um, so fourth generation is about uh, that brand new airframe uh, made of one shot. Uh, you put a, a, modern, a modern injection engine and it gives you a great results. But looking at the future and uh, the challenge to find the right energy um, to fly an aircraft, uh, we need to uh, think ahead and we have been working uh, to clarify what could be the solution. So is it going to be e-fuel? Is it going to be hydrogen? Is it going to be uh, electrical batteries, fuel cells? Um, so we investigate that and we uh, realized that uh, today we could uh, see the future in um, three steps. So with the Rotax right now you can decrease fuel consumption by 70% and the environmental impact at the same time. But that's not enough and uh, we see that uh, there is a great opportunity by reducing that footprint by uh, almost 90% using sustainable aviation fuel. So everybody is moving to that in commercial aviation. So we have to follow them because the big challenges of the future is are we going to have enough volume in GA so that we can purchase it for a reasonable price. And if the commercial aviation is going to that thing, they are going to create the volume, the volume so the price will go down. So because we are talking about SAF, we are talking about jet fuel. So it means that we need to put a turbine in the elixir. So we have installed a, a turbine in the elixir that was uh, displayed for the first time last month at the Paris Air Show. And that turbine could burn Jet A1, SAF fuel, and at the same time we were working with the same turbine on the nitrogen uh, propulsion. So with the same turbine we can burn cryogenic hydrogen directly in it so that we are uh, now preparing the third phase after the second which is a SAF hydrogen so that we can almost uh, reduce by 100% the footprint of aviation. So it's not going to happen in, uh, in the next 20 years because uh, uh, distribution of hydrogen is uh, quite complicated but uh, let's see that uh, maybe in 40 years, 50 years when you will have uh, hydrogen ev available everywhere here. When my, when my grandkids are flying. Exactly. exactly. Mine too. <laughs> so, fellas, thank you so much for being part of the Plane Talk cockpit. Uh, any final words? Thanks a lot. Yeah, final word. Uh, it's always a pleasure to see you, Phil. It's been a few years, and uh, thank you very much for the opportunity. And uh, yeah, It's been great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Plane Talk. If you have any ideas for a future Plane Talk episode, please go to the Contact Us page at plaintalk.ca and send in your idea. Don't forget to like us at plaintalk.ca, our Facebook and LinkedIn pages, and this podcast. And never stop living the dream.